morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Fantastic. It's a little dark in the studio today. It is. That's because it's overcast and it is 5.30 Eastern time. Right. This is Good morning. probably the latest... Yeah, we ever... just keep pushing the envelope. Soon we'll be doing them at midnight. <laughs> yeah. We'll have, uh, welcome to Saturday evening sales <laughs> meeting with John and Ray. So, uh, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Good, good. This so, this is, is another episode of Saturday morning sales meeting. Saturday morning sales meeting. And uh, it's, what is today? Wednesday? Yes, it is yeah. January the 6th, Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, cr- crazy stuff going on. There is some wild stuff going on in our yeah. capital city of Washington, D.C. Yes. Wow. And I'm glad that we're not in Washington, D.C. right now. It looks oh a little goodness. chaotic. Uh, you couldn't pay me to be in there. <laughs> right. You couldn't pay me. Uh, can you? Here's the deal, man. Like concerts and you know big events like Mardi Gras. People talk about, oh, it's you know, a big fun, big party. Oh, it's so much fun. And I'm like... What if you're like in the middle of 10,000 people and you think, I got to poop? <laughs> you know? Like, excuse that, me, excuse me, oh, pardon I, me, pardon, I, let me slow I don't know that's me. the first thing that comes to mind <laughs> well, for you. I think about these things. Of course you do. It's the first thing on your mind. <laughs> where, right, where am I and where am I going to poop? <laughs> so have you been to Mardi Gras? I have been. Have yeah, you? Yeah. So I have not. Yeah. But I've heard it told that at least back when it was in its prime yeah if the wave of people was going in a direction you just went that you way. had to go that way is that pretty much accurate i i guess i mean i, I we, we went down there we didn't go on mardi gras oh. That's, we I, I was thinking have you been to, to new orleans right yeah, right the I've french been quarter new orleans. yeah yeah so yeah, we've all been to the French Quarter, but uh, during more at least all of us here. I went, <laughs> what is that other one? Uh, it may have been, I don't know. It was like Day of the Saints or Good Friday or something. You know, it was like another, another big festival yeah. kind of thing, but not the same draw as Mardi Gras. Yeah, it was not Mardi Gras. Anyway, and no. hell, I was only, I think I just turned twenty-one. When I wonder I if they'll cancel Mardi Gras. That's in February, right? Surely. Yeah. I wonder. Surely, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've heard the, 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 it, the world it, is changing, Ray. If the crowd is going in a direction, you just have to go in that direction. There's no possible recourse. That. And somebody else told me that that they could literally, when they were there, they could pick up their feet and not fall. <laughs> that's, that's, see, that sounds horrifying. Doesn't that? Yeah, that 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 almost was the uh, single. Thing I needed to hear in order to same, not same go. Thing, same thing with cruise ships. I had a friend ask me, "Oh, we ought to go on a cruise?" I'm like I said, never in a million years. I don't wouldn't want to be on a cruise. I might go on a, maybe maybe a two day cruise. Yeah, I, I, I went one time on a three hour gambling boat. A three hour like, tour. Yeah, like in uh, Gilligan's I Island. I was in South Carolina or something. Yeah. I don't remember where I was, and I had a couple of hours until my plane. Uh, you know, whatever. I think I was staying over the night and was going to fly out the next day. Okay. So I go on a three-hour thing, and, like, we start pushing away from the dock. And I'm like, well, what if I don't want to be on this thing for three hours? So I go up to the little attendant. I'm like, hey, uh, it's too late to get off. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they don't play with that stuff, too. Yeah. I, th- I looked over the edge. I thought I could jump and swim to shore, but I bet they'd do something about it. Yeah. Especially because yeah. you're at a port, too. Well, this was like you go 
down a river for three or four miles, and then you got to go out into international waters, right? Where so they can gamble. Okay. So they didn't turn on the machines for Until like forty-five were, minutes, right? <laughs> you know. So for an hour and a half of your three hours, <laughs> yeah. you were just right. on the ride. They did serve you drinks. Uh, so. Of course they did. That's what they wanted to do. <laughs> they they wanted to get you good up. and liquored up before they turn on the machine. Okay, now go at it. <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a smart business move right there. Yeah, I've been on the one day cruises out of South Florida, and but the the long cruises, those ships are massive. That's that was her uh, argument. Yeah. I oh, mean, you you won't do the same thing twice. Right. It's a it's a huge it's a big city on water. It's just yeah. a, a, that sounds even more terrifying. It's like you're all I, pretending I would, you're not on a boat. That you're, you know, I, don't I would know. do a cruise. I really? Do, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a sun guy. You know, I don't. Yeah, yeah. The sun and I are not friends, as I say quite my, often. My biggest fear, though, would be: all right, what if two days in, like, I break my ankle, and I'm like, I'd rather just go home. Nope. Yeah. You're not going home. I got a hospital. What are you going to do at home with a broken ankle? <laughs> I guess I don't know. I'll just be home. Be on a cruise with a broken ankle. <laughs> Sitting on the uh, luau deck. I think it's the lack of control. Yeah, that's it. That You can't change your mind. Yeah. You can't get out there and go, eh, you know what? This that's isn't for me. The, 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 my hesitation is, and it's probably a low percentage chance, but you hear about those boats where... They're, you know, stuck out in the water and, I don't know, they're like disease-ridden and, <laughs> you know. Well, like COVID. Uh, there was uh, one stuck out there for like a month and yeah, people couldn't yeah. go home. You hear about those those one-offs where it's just a nightmare and you think, yeah, that's when you you have no choice, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just there. So anyway. Well, well I'll tell you the funny thing. I mean, we're totally off the car topics, but I guess it's current events segment. So it's the exact opposite for me on a plane. I get on a plane and I'm like, I don't have to worry about anything. Right. Because there's nothing I can do about it anyway. Well, maybe you know, I'm going to be on this plane for so the next So why would you hours. have that? Uh, I don't know. Way of thought. On a cruise ship. I don't know. But I love it. I mean, they bring you drinks. They bring you snacks. You just sit there and watch a movie. Right. You know, just, what do you want to do now? Because we're going to be on this plane for the next five hours. Might as well, well sit here. And it's rare that it's five hours, right? Right. I mean, if you're going cross country, you're probably, you know, stopping somewhere. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah, I guess, I guess there is the difference between... I can't go anywhere for the next seven days as opposed to, yeah, you know what? And that's when I first started flying, traveling, and sitting in coach, and everybody's, oh, uh, I need an upgrade. Uh, I'm thinking, you're on this thing for, what, an hour and a half? What I does can, it matter? I can sit in, you know, in a tiny whatever for an hour. I mean, just, it's an hour and a half, right? Yeah. Did the leg room ever bother you? Oh, my you? God, yeah. yeah. It was horrible. See, I mean, I'm a short guy. I'm five six, five seven. No. Well, and, and and I would get these. You know, I would always get the best seat available. Right. So, like an exit row might have extra leg room. Yeah. And I'd look up a couple of aisles, and there's some like six, a six yeah, yeah. wedged into an economy right. seat. Well, I'm six four, and the the ones that really got to me. I mean, the few times I kind of felt like, all right, I'm I'm about to go off on somebody, was. 
I'd get in these tight, especially those little commuter ones, right? And oh, I'd gosh, get in yeah. those and literally just in order to get, I had to wedge my knees in behind the seat in front of me. Yeah. And then the person in that seat lean back. decides they want to lean back. Well, they can't, right? Because my knees are, you know, and it's not like I can move them in a way that would allow them to. So you spread and, them and let them and, lean back between well, you. I still can't because, you know, I mean, the armrest is right up against your side and the other person's next to you, right? So you can't be all up in there. So, like, I'm there. And then they start, they hold the button as if it's broken. And slam. And they start slamming back into my knee. And I'm like, listen, hey, 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 I, I'm sorry. I can't go anywhere and it's not coming back. Right? And, dude, they keep trying. I, yeah, there were a couple of those where I was like, <laughs> you're not leaning back. It made me uh, want to kind of push forward onto the seat so that they couldn't even yeah. have what little availability of room there was. Or take your shoes and socks off and stick a leg up on the armrest. Yeah. Here, how about I do I've this? Seen, and then you can right, come I've all the way back. Seen, I've seen those pictures on memes or Twitter or whatever where like some guy will be on a flight and... You know, take a selfie of himself and a foot on his armrest, a bare foot from behind. No, I would like, not. No, I would. That never I happened. would tickle it or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I tickle it. I just look back like, really? No. <laughs> Start clipping the nails. <laughs> Give it a pedicure. God, where your mind goes, John. <laughs> well, today, Ray, we have a, an apropos topic. Okay, I love, those are my favorite types of topics. What does apropos mean, anyway? Uh, I'm kidding. I think it means related to. Yeah, I, I would go with that. Okay. Nine tricks that'll make managing someone you don't like much easier. Okay. I don't like the way that's worded. Because the much easier adjective is about the managing, not about the someone. They put that in the wrong place. It should say something like nine tricks that'll make make it much easier to manage someone you don't like. Okay. So already, this guy's not starting out very well in your book. But right. who, who is this author that we're I, about to I won't, uh, crucify? I, I, I was going to say I won't name names. Well, what the hell? I will. It's Molly Magnuson from TheMuse.com. Have you ever heard of TheMuse.com? Uh, no. I don't know. Um, I just ran across it. I may have seen it. Here or there. All right, Molly. Uh, it, actually, I like the article, Molly. You make a lot of great points if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody knows Molly. <laughs> Could you give her a shout out? To yeah. her? We really appreciate her writing this. So, yeah, it basically lays out nine things. Uh, so, you, you're a manager. Right. You have employees. Right. You've been tasked with managing someone that you don't really get along with, you don't like, you don't. You know, you don't okay. really want them on your team. Okay. I wonder, and we'll see as you dig in deeper, if uh, if some of the principles could apply if you're being managed by someone you don't like. Let's see. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's unwrap it and find out. We'll find out together. All right. So number one, there are nine of these. Number one is consider this a leadership opportunity. Okay. And I really like this one. Yeah. It, uh, another way to say it, think of it as a learning opportunity. A challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's a chance for you to grow your expertise as a manager. Right. If I can manage this person, <laughs> I can manage anybody. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I will take that position 
Nine times out of ten. She says, uh, ask yourself, have I made enough time for this employee? Have I clearly defined what good looks like? Yeah. Have I given them feedback on what they should be working on to improve? Amen. I mean, I can't tell you how many managers... I've spoken to that are like, yeah, that guy, you know, he sucks. I don't want him on my team. Well, have you taken some time to get to know the guy? You, you know me. I'm all about, yeah, if you've, if you've really done everything you can do in order to make sure that there's not some, some qualities there that you're missing. Greatly said. Well said, Ray. Thank you. She finishes this topic with the line, bosses tell people what to do. But leaders take charge of a situation and find a solution. Right. And all of those things that she mentions there are just good management practices, right? I mean, we talked about from many of the books that we've talked about on here as far as just good leadership principles, even our managing versus mentoring. Those are mentoring type things. Right? Have you done everything you can do in order to get the most out of the people that, that you're charged yeah, I, with? Uh, Ray, it's like you say all the time. Every problem is a management problem, and right? Every solution is a management solution. Absolutely. I always yeah. forget that part. <laughs> yeah. just, that is, it's a problem. Yeah, it's it's your, problem. your problem. It's your fault. Uh, well, well, it's a solution, John. Let's first get to whose fault is it. Where, where's the problem here? It's you. Anytime a dealer ever has a, well, what we're dealing with here, we got a problem with this, so we're experiencing this malfunction. All right, who's their boss? Right. That's the problem. That's the guy. <laughs> I never thought about looking for the solution. Right. I, I just told him what the problem was. Yeah. I'm no, I'm just, kidding. That is not how we coach. That is not how we coach. All right, number two. Be up right, well, Wait, before we yeah. move on, okay. if you're the subordinate, Yes. With somebody ah. that you don't appreciate or can't don't like, according to Molly. Yeah. Um, I think you can still employ some leadership principles. Well, I was going to say this could get interesting because uh, have you clearly defined for your manager what a good manager looks like to you? Yeah. <laughs> have you given the, your manager feedback on what they should be working on? In, in, no, that's not what I was referencing. But what, what I was thinking have you, was... Have you told your manager that only bosses tell people what to do, but <laughs> leaders find a solution? Listen, I need you to lead me, and you are not leading me very you're, well. You're being a boss right now. <laughs> Stop bossing me. <laughs> Lead me. No, but, you know, to, I know one of the, I think, greatest things you can do, especially in taking on a new role, is to ask, so what does success look like here? Yeah. Right? Ask that manager who you don't necessarily like, what is it that success looks like for you? What What can I do that would, in your eyes, make me a successful person in this role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was just thinking another way to say it is, you know, of those people that you've had working on this team or, you know, under your tutelage, right? you know, who's been really good at their job and what made them that way? Right. Who's you know, tootled the best? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know... It, and you have to be careful how you do it, but yeah. I think you can ask a manager those 
for, for that kind of assistance. Hey, can you help me really understand what it is that the expectation is here and how I can achieve and how I can exceed that? I think that, if nothing else, will give at least them a chance to pause and say, oh, well, this guy really wants to be successful, yeah, right? So it might be a reconsideration from them as to how they deal with you. Yeah, you do it in the wrong way. Yeah. Say now, what is my job yeah. again? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what do you expect me to do? <laughs> and the manager is like, uh, well, you don't even know your job <laughs> function. You don't know your roles and responsibility. Or no, yesterday no. you told me to do this. Now you're telling me to do that. I don't know what the heck to do. <laughs> All right, number two, be upfront about how you prefer things. Uh, and let's dive in here. A little summary, if you. People can't read minds. Uh, it's easy to—it's an easy mistake to hold someone accountable without first having set the expectations. Okay. So yeah, I, I think, think that's a reiteration of the first one, right, right? And it's kind of a weird way to say it. It's not how you prefer things. Maybe she just wanted five of them, so she kind of <laughs> made a. She only had one, seven. She had a one part. B. <laughs> yeah, no, she had, she turned into her, her editor that she had seven, and he said, ah, no, seven's no good. Yeah. So you got to have nine. Okay, we need nine. <laughs> Can you make it nine? All right. Many managers forget to communicate the little things, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yes, I think as a manager, too often we write people off that we haven't set clear expectations with, or even more so something I've seen here recently, but uh, periodically throughout my career is uh, we we set the wrong expectation. Tell right? me what you mean by that. Well, well I mean, I think about a, a company I worked with uh, as a consultant, and they brought in a whole group of people from a similar company that had gone out of business, and they kind of hired up all their best top performers. And the people who came into the company were joking like, well, where's the company boat? Because the expectation they had set was everything's great here. There's never a problem. You have an unlimited expense account. You know, guy, we'll leave you alone. We'll let you do your thing. And then all of a sudden, when it was time to go to hold work. people accountable, yeah. those people were like, well, this is what I signed up for. I wanted that, that other company you told me where just everything's easy and show up if you want and 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 not it's that extreme in the in the car business but sometimes right. when we're trying to land what we think could be a great employee we we don't set the expectation and that's the time to set the expectation that that that's my point yeah no I totally agree I think that's a great point to make well, and thank that, you. you know that applies to any business, you know, if you're if you're recruiting, if you're hiring, yeah, it's okay to tell the positives. Oh, absolutely. But but be realistic about that. Yeah. Well, and and here's what we expect. Here are the positives, and here's what we expect to see, and here's what success looks like. I mean, all those things that she's kind of listed out yeah, there. Absolutely. Well, I really like number three here. Three is my favorite number, and it happens to be my favorite uh, point out of her out of her uh, column here. What is her point? Her point is, her title of her point is, remember you're the boss for a reason. Ah. And in and, and reading her description here, what she means by that, it seems is, if you're the manager, then someone above you thought you would be a good manager, <laughs> right? They thought you could handle the responsibility, that you'd 
help your team perform and succeed, and and they trusted you with overseeing this operation. Yeah. So you're in that position for a reason. Yeah. Now, now figure it the hell out yeah, and make right. it work. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a good conversation between that manager's manager and the manager. Yeah, I right? agree. Say Maybe again. the GM and the desk guy. The desk guy who comes up and says, you know, oh, Billy over there, I, I, just, I can't work with him. Well, yeah. Listen. <laughs> That's not why I put you in the role, was to hear about who you couldn't work with. Right. I put you in the role to find out how you are going to work with them. Because that's what you got to work with. Yeah, figure it out. And we'll get more into that kind of situation here in a minute. But okay. yeah, it's 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 number one, your responsibility. Yeah. And number two, your opportunity. Right. You know, to, to capitalize on this human investment that you have. Right. As a team and, leader. And I would say that is probably the hard part of your job. Yeah. Right? You can't say, you know, I-, I want the job, but I only want to do the easy part. <laughs> I don't want to do the, the hard part. I just want to write that off. Well, no. well number five, we'll reference well, this well, again. Before we move on. Yeah. If you were an employee. If you were an employee. Jeez, this is going to be a long episode. Uh, I mean, there's only nine and we're at three, right? Okay, we're a third of the way. Um, so as an employee, I would see that as... An opportunity to say to the manager, hey, I I know they gave you this responsibility because they really trust you. So I want to hear from you, you know, how I can improve because obviously you're the guy to tell me because you've got the title. Right. Yeah. It goes back to the original thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can manage up, so to speak, or at least communicate. It doesn't have to be one-way communication. Right. You know, it's not like... Oh, you know, I was never in the military, so I'm sure I misspeak about the military a lot. But, you know, in the common vernacular, whatever, the 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 superior officer gives the order to the subordinate. Right. And that's the communication. Yeah. He doesn't need any feedback. He doesn't, you know, he, he gives the order and the end you go to do the, the Right. You go do the order. You are expected to fulfill what you've been tasked to do. Right. Well, you know, here in the civilian world, it's okay to talk back and forth, to have two ways of communication. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so we'll get back to this one on number five. Right. I didn't want to, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you for the heads up. Burn, burn <laughs> your entire uh, arsenal there. Go. Number four. Did we already say number three? All right, yeah, number four. We, yeah, we did a three extensively. Get to the heart of the matter. This is my favorite one. I thought number three was your favorite one. <laughs> this is my other favorite Okay. One. Get to the heart of the matter. The truth can set you free, she says. Isolate your source of, frust- of frustration. If it's performance-based, develop a plan. Uh, and then she says at the end of it, uh, if it's not performance-based, if it's more personal, like he wears your ex's cologne, <laughs> then you're going to have to acknowledge how silly that is. Okay, <laughs> so so I think that's that's a that's a good kind of so, so I think that's a little stock. bit twofold, right? Yeah, I think yeah. The first part of that is look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, what is it that's bothering me about this person? Right? There have been those people that I have had to manage that when I was first introduced to them and my early involvement in their professional life. 
it wasn't necessarily they weren't on the top of my list. You weren't blown away. No. But come to respect and appreciate the value that they brought. Absolutely. So yeah, I think phase one or part one of the heart of the matter is getting to your own heart. Right? Yeah. If you're the manager, what is it about this person I don't like? Or the subordinate, right? What is it about this manager I don't like? And decide, is it just some a problem I have because they remind me of somebody that I've never liked or that bullied me or whatever the case? Yeah. Or And then I think part two is then be transparent and honest enough, not necessarily to go... You know, to your subordinate or your boss, and go. Let me tell you what I don't like about you. Right? It's not Festivus with the airing of the grievances. It's uh, you know, hey, you know what? Here's some things I struggle with. Here's some you know issues I have. Here's some things I need to see. And especially from that, you know, we talk about the the managing part as opposed to the mentoring part. The managing part. I mean, I think the numbers can set you free. Right? If you're holding somebody accountable to a number, to a KPI, mm-hmm. then Gosh, I don't have to like you, right? <laughs> or you know, it doesn't matter if I like you or not. I could think I could think the world of you, well, it, but if you're not meeting the expectation, the the minimal requirement here that's that's set for you, then yeah, this isn't going to work. Yeah, that's funny. I, two thoughts come to mind on that tirade you went on there. Thank you. Uh, the first of all, I've been that employee that that I think, you know, was a thorn in the manager's side. <laughs> you would agree with that. Probably. I would. I would. So, but I, I think it, it, in some cases, I think that manager, number one, I was bringing up legitimate right. flaws in the system or legitimate opportunities to improve right. and this kind of thing. And they didn't want to hear that. Yeah. You know, quit trying to tweak the system. We got a system. Just work the system. Right. Or, or, or that or I've been, John, don't tell me how to do my job. Or, yeah, or I may have been better at, at doing their job than they wanted to admit. So, yeah, I think if they had taken a, a hard look in the mirror, Ray. Right, yeah. That's exactly what they... Listen, you just need to take a hard look in the mirror and figure out what's wrong with you. <laughs> I read it on the internet somewhere. And, and uh, I... Having known of some of those scenarios that you were in, I think your thorn in the side to them Mm -hmm. came after their progressive loss of your respect. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with that. And I've known some that you had lost respect for that you still made a mental decision of, you know what? This is my boss. This is how it's supposed to be. And I'm going to make the best of this. Right. And yeah, I think, you know, they say the title doesn't bring respect, but, you know, I was raised in such a way that the title does demand a certain amount of respect, you know? So if this man's my boss, I need to respect him. And, you know, maybe he has more information than I have. I right. need to do the, do things the way that they're well, asking Was it going to kill me to go drive that car right. back to the back lot? No. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> things like that. But, but on the other hand, uh, or another thought it, bring, it brought to mind was um, I, I've been in a coaching role or a management role and have, you know, those those spicy characters, those those unique employees kind of like I was maybe right. that I have a soft spot in my heart for those types of employees that are just a little bit difficult but damn do they perform right 
<laughs> right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've been in situations where I'm like, okay, it, don't tell anybody else, but you can do it your way. Right. Now, everybody else needs to do it this way. Oh, yeah. Well, it reminds me of the BDC training we were doing. One person that we had both worked with it was a, uh, I don't know, I think at the time was just a BDR, business development rep. And was not following the script, was not doing anything according to what we had laid out. Mm-hmm. And finally came around to the point that we found out that that person, their numbers were off the chart. I mean, they exceeded any expectation for what any BDR could do single-handedly. Right. And it finally ended up being where you, person not doing it according to the way I'm telling you to do it, you can do it any way you want. That's the exactly. rest of you, you're not doing those kind of numbers, so you got to do it my way. Exactly. It's kind of like the salesman, the top salesman can make his own schedule. Right. You keep selling that many cars, hey, I don't care. Yeah. Do, whatever you're doing Why would is I want to mess that up? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that I think that's cool. Cool, cool, man. That's cool. All right, so number five, uh, find her strong suit. And I'm not assigning that... Uh, Gender term? Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. It's uh, number five. There. You can go to themuse.com and look it up yourself. Find her strong suit. More often than not, her work is a reflection on you. So you'll want to find something she can execute well. Okay, let's eliminate the gender from it, right? They, them. All right, so basically it's saying that I just like like this sentence. More often than not, their work is, is a reflection of you. Oh, yeah. So you want to find something that that person can do well. Right. So if you have a problem employee that's either not performing, not doing the job up to the standard, or, you know, is, is having trouble, or just not in the game mentally. Right. Maybe that's just not the gig for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or maybe there's a position on the team or some some duties of the team that right. that, that person would excel at. Right. And you just need to figure out what those are. Right. Or maybe there's something that, you know, I don't know, maybe they got their hands slapped for doing it, you know, one way previously, and now they're bitter, right? I mean, just talk it through with them. Hey, what's going on? Well, let me tell you, I I tried to do it your way, and, you know, here's what happened. Oh, okay. That's good information, right? It could bring them around mentally to overcome that hurdle that unspoken is preventing them from being as successful as they could be. I like it. I like yeah. it. So where are we at? Number six? Number six. Are you ready to move on? Yeah. I liked number five. Oh. Well, it kind of puts the responsibility on the manager. Yeah. You know, like you said, every problem's a manager problem. <laughs> no, I said every a man, a solution is a management solution. All right, where are we? Number six, we only got nine of these, and we're uh, halfway through, right? All right, at 31 minutes. All right, so we'll we'll blast through these so that you guys can go home early. Oh, good. You guys. Yeah, the listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to let you off the hook easy this week. Go ahead and knock these out. Number six, find common ground. Uh, maybe you've both been drawn to the same in- industry or the same company for some reason. Uh, it says you could start there and then maybe move on to TV shows, books, <laughs> and a love of pets. 
The more similarities you find, the more you'll start seeing them as a person and less of a thorn in your side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one of those principles that, uh, what is his name? Uh, Chris Voss. Christofferson. Chris Voss brought up Christopher never Cross? Split the difference. Are you sure? Never split the difference. Chris you're Voss, the you're, not gonna, you're not going to get me off of it. Arthur's yeah, Keep trying. When uh, you get caught between the news but, and New York and, City. And what you've said before, which is you can always find something. Say, you say can, that again so people can follow. I'm sorry. So it's, it's one of the Voss. principles from Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference. Yes. Right? In, I've never heard of that book before. In finding something about the other person that you can appreciate. Something genuine, legitimate. Yeah. Right? I think we talked about it in the science of selling. Dale Carnegie. And the Dale the Carnegie 1920s. Right. So, you know, there's always something that you can relate to somebody on. And yes, as you feel that similarity or, or become knowledgeable or discuss that similarity, just the natural psychology of it is you're going to have a greater appreciation for somebody. And, how many people you've never met before, but you're both rooting for the same sports team, and you can high five and you know root and jump you, up and down, you clapping your like hands. That person, yeah, you, know? you you guys are brothers in arms, right? right? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, that's a great analogy, the sports team, because you you're in a strange city. You you know you don't know anybody, but you see somebody with your jersey on, the right. same team you root for. Hey, man. Uh, Oh, yeah. I, I go down the highway and I see somebody with a gator sticker and I'll go gators. Right? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so Could I'm, be a total I, piece of junk person. I, I have no gonna... idea. But to me, we are of the same ilk. Right, right. Well, yeah, Dale Carnegie talked about that. And, you know, he said in so many words that everyone you meet is smarter than you about something. Yeah, you know, so there is some reason you can admire that person oh, yeah. or respect that person. Absolutely, find out what that is, you yeah. know, and dwell on that. Not all the hundred reasons that you don't like them, and you can't respect them. Absolutely, that guy is really good at uh, at getting away with not doing his job. <laughs> wow. You know, I hate people that don't do their job, but, but he's really good he's, at it. He's, he's the best I've seen. Right. All right, number seven, put on a good face. Literally, Ray, he says, she says, even if it's a poker face, you don't need to high five every time you pass by, but a friendly uh, smile wouldn't harm anyone. Yeah, no, I like that one. Not right. my favorite, but it's a yeah. good one. Well, that's one of the two she had to come up with. Right. Because seven only... just wouldn't work. Right, there right. There needed to be nine. But absolutely. <laughs> oh. and, and I think if you force yourself to appear happy to see someone, it will impact your thinking. It does. To where you become more happy to see that person. If You, see you may not I, be you, excited, but you're more happy. If you see someone without a smile, Ray... Give them yours. <laughs> That's touching. I like this last line of her point number seven is challenge yourself to make sure this person never knows how you really feel. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wasn't number two be upfront right. about your feeling? I don't yeah. know. Okay. So uh, what she's saying is bottle it up and just stuff it down <laughs> inside. 
That's great. Thank you, Molly. I like my advice better. If you see someone without a smile, Ray, give them yours. Give them yours while you're bottling up that (laughs) anger and loathing. Through gritted teeth. (laughs) Yes, hey, happy to see you. It's you again. Number eight, check yourself. And I'll just add my own commentary. Before you wreck yourself. Okay. Now, number eight is check yourself. Uh, This may sound like advice for a dating column, but I think it's applicable here, she says. Uh, I think she's repeating herself. She says there comes a time when you can't change someone, so try changing your attitude. Rather than expecting this employee to change who he is as a person. Yeah. She keeps flip-flopping between genders here. Now yeah. all of a sudden... You it's know. he, and then the other one she. I think that's the, <laughs> the way to do it without being gender-specific, but she wants to point out a specific rather than say they. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, but, check yourself. I, yeah, it's like the other one. Look yourself yeah, in the mirror. Right. All right. Yeah, it's like this the same one where she mentioned the cologne. Well, you know, uh, I like the manage by strengths. The mm-hmm. It's a... What is it? Not a personality inventory, but a communication inventory, right? What's your communication style? Are you direct? Are you extroverted? Are you paced? Are you structured? Okay. And and one of the, listening to the guy who actually created MBS, the Managed by Strengths, um, he says a lot of times the difficulties people have are I'm talking to you outside of your way that you're wired to communicate right i'm being very direct and forthcoming right and you're a much more extroverted like to talk through things to me a direct person you're wasting my time right you're just talking and talking and talking and i need you to make a decision (laughs) right right? i need you to give me the bullet points right keep the nine months give me the baby and or so i think a lot of times i don't know if it necessarily falls under that check yourself but it's a matter of who am i talking who am i communicating with and what is their method of communication and how can i communicate to them in a way that they'll appreciate very good summary that's, that's the check yourself for me i like it next i like it the last and final are you ready boom roasted here we go number nine escalate it so if if we're having a difference, I want to start getting louder and more animated and aggressive. No, escalate Ray. the conversation. No, oh, yeah, that's not what you said. Ask him outside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, go outside then. Uh, we can handle this right now. I've seen that happen on a sales floor a yeah. couple of times. Unfortunately, it has. Yeah. Are you going to pull your train around out back, or do we need to go outside? <laughs> Are you going to present these numbers? Yeah. But, uh, no. What or, is she? What is Molly? Or, or between to? salespeople. Yeah. Woo. That's yeah. happened a few times. More than a few. All right. Uh, basically, she's saying that if you need further involvement, to you know, grab grab your manager. Right. If number but, one through eight didn't didn't work, <laughs> then yeah. get outside advice. Yeah. Now I like this. She does add this caveat here. Is uh, the, she says the next step is bringing the issue to your boss, but before you do that, make sure that you have proof that it's not personal. 
Like, make sure that you don't like that person just because of the way they part their hair. Right. You know, it's, she goes into, you know, document it, make sure it's factual and evidentiary and performance-based. Absolutely. You don't want to get in that conversation with your boss saying, man, I got a problem with so-and-so. And they say, well, okay, what's the problem? And you're like, well, uh, you see the way they dress? <laughs> Keep okay. stealing my parking space. <laughs> it clearly says manager above it. That cologne, you know that's my ex's cologne. <laughs> I've, I bet there are some conversations like that in a manager's right. office. I can't stand that person. Well, why? Because she she just, she just drives the exact same car as my ex. <laughs> you see the way she is, right? You've seen him around here, right? I mean, you, you, you don't think the same? You know what I'm talking about. Right. So maybe it's a good idea to, before you escalate, and I don't think escalation always necessarily needs to be your direct boss. It could be bringing in just a third party, you know, a a co-manager to sit and have a three-way conversation where you can kind of talk through or somebody else just get another perspective on your feelings. And and I like the sobering closing comment on this point is remember this is someone's career at stake. So make sure that it's, it's not only your opinion, right? Right. That, that there is a factual, like we're saying performance based reasons why you have uh, you know, a problem with, with this person, not that it's just personal. Yeah. So can we, Which is can, my problem can, with, with all of the managers that have ever had a problem with me. It was always personal. personal. Well, and so to, to flip that, right, you can, I wouldn't necessarily go to another manager if you have a problem with your manager and you've tried all these things and none of them are working. Nope. I wouldn't necessarily go around nope. that manager. No, I know the answer. Yep. You go to other employees and, say, and you form a mutiny. Isn't that guy's... Yeah. SOB. You, this happens on the sales floor all the time, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get them out there in the smoking corner, out there standing on the point waiting on the customer. Man, did you see how Jesse sh- uh, cut my deal? Right. Man, I had a seven-pounder there. Right. Next thing I know, it's a two-pounder, and he's flipping them to a lease. And and then he comes walking out, and everybody's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all talking about? Uh, I, I don't know. Have you seen that happen in dealerships? Oh, they, gosh, yeah. They'll turn, like, one bad apple, so they say. We'll sp- turn the whole sales force Absolutely. against somebody. Yep. Get in that little sewing circle, and, boy, they can jaw their way all the way through. So, but I think it is good to get another perspective. if Regardless of the per- position you're in, if you've tried some of these other tools yeah. and they haven't worked, then, yeah, I mean... Find somebody else who's familiar with the situation, familiar with the, the person, and say, man, I just have a hard time with them. Help me. Give me some advice. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. You seem to get along with them well. Well, I want to tell you, Ray, Molly is an editorial intern at The Muse. Yeah, she was told she needed nine. She works as a, oh, outside of The Muse, she works as a healthcare consultant, devoting her energy to healing stones and incense. No, I'm making that part up. Oh my God, I was going to (laughs) say. I wish I'd known that before we started. (laughs) She devotes her energy to improving the healthcare system so that healthcare is more accessible and affordable for everyone. Well, you got to love that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. All right, wonderful. Molly Magnuson, I know we gave you a bit of a hard time there, but I mean, that's kind of how the show goes. Yeah. But uh, 
Well, in general, pretty good article. Yeah. Some good points in there. It gave us something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ray, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Then you should do it. For another... I'm doing that now. Oh, okay. Thank you, everyone, for there joining us for another episode of, uh, what is it called? This is Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. We do appreciate him and her. You'd think listening. after 113 episodes, I would have gotten You might them. have gotten it by now, but not necessarily. I still have yet to listen to a single episode. Well, don't start now. No. It's, I just like putting them out there. But and we we'll, do appreciate those who have listened for listening, and we hope that you'll listen again. like to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides of the dealership. Right, and these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. That's info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com.